Hi friends, I'm Cody. And I am Megan. Welcome to Project Friend. Join us as we reconnect our long distance friendship and delve into all things life and experiences, both funny and more meaningful. So grab your cup of something sweet and let's dive in. One, One two, two, three, three. look at us, we're back. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right, here we are. It's been a while. Nine months later, and that kids is how Project Friend was born. <laughs> Maybe we should say hi. Hi. Hello, my friend. I must say that it's quite funny that we always forget to say hi, although in saying that, we chat so often that it sometimes does feel strange saying hi when we start recording because we've been chatting since like six in the morning. Hashtag dramatic. Friend, there is a squeaking sound coming from your audio. Let me go turn off my fridge. I don't think I turned it off. Hang on. Purdy, you're probably listening to this now, so I'll sing you a song while you wait. Oh, Purdy, Purdy, stand by me oh stand by me i don't know why i'm feeling philosophical and wanting you to stand by me what other songs do i know is it still there that's much much better so friend we have not recorded in well it's been a hot not a hot second it's been a hot while it has been a hot minute Jeepers creepers. Talking about jeepers creepers. Um, creepers. Today we're talking about strangers. <laughs> stranger, <laughs> stranger danger, everybody. But I think we're talking about strangers in a different sense today. So clearly, if you were born at a time where your parents told you not to speak to strangers, please turn off the podcast and go watch TV. <laughs> or stay tuned and find out why you should talk to strangers. Obviously, today we're not talking about talking to strangers in the weird sense but more in the sense of talking to a stranger who's had a lasting effect on us. Talking of which, a stranger who I can recall who has had a lasting effect on me, and this is obviously more a stranger danger story, but when I was very small, my family and I were walking, and I think it was almost like the promenade next to the beach, and I recall a big crowd of us walking, and the next thing I can recall looking up and realizing that my family was no longer there, and I think what had happened is they were also deep in conversation, and they looked, and it was split seconds of realizing I, too, was not with them. Obviously, hashtag panic, but a really kind stranger at the time found me, and it just happened to be a man who was staying in the same area we were staying in for the holidays and he used to often drive around with his big speaker to make different announcements and so he drove around with his big speaker making the announcement of if anybody's lost a little girl wearing a pink dress please come and find her obviously my parents were all too grateful for the stranger it's like that um um, when you go into a supermarket and someone gets lost it's like will mrs smith please come and collect her husband from the reception office. Oh, classic. Mrs. Smith who loses her husband in the shops. Losing husbands one step at a time in reception. Sometimes I wonder if Mrs. Smith didn't lose him on purpose, just saying. But have you ever got lost or do you recall being small and getting lost in a shop? Because it's the worst panic ever. I got lost in a library and I remember it being traumatic. But I love books, so I don't think I'm too scarred. I don't know what it is. I think when you're smaller, everything just feels so much bigger. True. So how do you want to start this topic? This is a big topic for both of us because it's something we're really passionate about. I thought we could explain a bit about our passion around connecting with people. And perhaps you'd like to explain from your side, starting where that passion grew from. So, do you know, I've always had this 
really strange ability. I say that like it's a skill. Maybe it's a skill. I don't know. Is it a skill? It is. People come and find me and tell me things. Like I've had full on conversations, well, more like being talked at by people who can't even speak the language I speak in. So like old people in supermarkets will come and speak Spanish at me for 10 minutes. Full story, fat chat. And I'm like, nice to meet you. Wow, I don't speak (laughs) Spanish. And they'll just have a great story and then look at me and then then they'll leave. I'm like, that was super, great interaction. Have a nice day too, if that's what you were saying. Unless they weren't, maybe they had a problem. people find me and tell me things and I don't know if that's a passion or a skill I think it's a sense of you being really approachable yeah I suppose that's true do you find that the people have that as well do you I would definitely say so and I think you'll find out more about why I say that later when I share some of my stranger interactions but I've also had some of the most meaningful and beautiful conversations with complete strangers and I also find myself in situations talking with strangers or having strangers approach me this sounds funny but I've also found that the elderly folk look at me in such a endearing way (laughs) that's the only way I can put it they make me feel very seen should I say I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or if they feel like I need that endearing smile (laughs) but I definitely feel seen by the elderly folk I'm watching you (laughs) so all jokes aside I do think I'm very introspective and observant and I have many of the qualities that many empaths can relate to and those qualities allow me to see in somebody the need for conversation or a chat or a moment And oftentimes I can see or sense when somebody is having a tough time or when somebody just needs a chat. And so I think in the same way that I can sense it, perhaps somebody else can sense that I'm approachable or that I'm open to having conversations with, or maybe they think I need a conversation, who knows. But I do see it as something that I'm really grateful for because I've had some of the most beautiful conversations And sometimes I get into my car after these conversations and go like, wow, that's a complete stranger. I'll never see them again. But I've learned like a huge amount in that moment or I've just increased on my empathy for other people and the walk that they are walking. Perhaps I could put it that way. Yeah, I think that there's a vulnerability to be had with strangers that I don't know that you can always get with people you know. Like that's why it's like easier to put yourself out there on social media and to nobody you know because nobody knows you. It's fine. And I think sometimes it's easier to be like just brutally honest and have those deep conversations with someone that you know doesn't know your history or has you on Facebook or things like that. That there's just vulnerability in the moment that leads to honest connection. Wow, that's really well put. And I think in a sense, Project Friends Birthplace is through vulnerability. And we've often spoken about how through vulnerability, we were able to build this deeper connection. And in this sense, with a complete stranger, and I just think that is so beautiful to think that you can have a complete stranger walk over your path and you can have a lasting effect on them. As a young child, I remember something that I now know is a strength of mine, but something that I struggled with is that I always had the tendency to have these more deep and meaningful conversations with people. And often I was called out as like, wowzers, that's so deep. But that is just how I see life. And it's the questions I then ask because of how I see life. And coming back to our previous question, I think that's also why we have had the privilege of having these conversations with complete strangers. 
Absolutely. I was sitting and having a drink somewhere in France just by myself and this old man came and sat at my table. So he sat down with me and he could, his English was like bad, but okay enough to have a very broken conversation. And we started having this conversation about like how he learned French because his father, they lived in the Normandy in the north of France and his father learned English from the um, soldiers who came over from England in the second world war to like the Normandy landing and he like it was just this whole story about this man about his life and I sometimes wonder like people and especially the older people so maybe that's why they're smiling at you because you've got a kind face but they're also like ha trap you in a conversation you can't run away (laughs) victim found (laughs) (laughs) but like I sometimes think that people are, are lonely And all they really want to do is have someone to talk to and share. And I have this like belief that everybody wants to be seen. Even if you're shy and an introvert and nervous, there's something humanly innate about us that needs to be seen and counted. And I think that those like little conversations when people find you is that. And I think it's just so beautiful. I have got so many bookmarks and tabs opening as you're talking. I'm just super excited about what you've just said. And can you tell that we haven't recorded in a while? But I think with the elderly committee, should we say, I just picture this little committee (laughs) at Old Age Home, sign me up by the way. But I think that they tend to have conversations that relate to the stage of life they're in, which then tend to be more meaningful and deep in nature. And I think as two old souls, we enjoy those types of conversations. So to us, it's something that really relates to who we are naturally. Um, So what I'm trying to basically then say is that we should be friends with the elderly community. (laughs) (laughs) Making friends in your 30s, kids. (laughs) I totally agree. I totally agree with that. But I feel like if you're an introspective person, the older you get, you are forced to be more introspective. 100%. And if we value experience so much, why wouldn't we value the elderly community in the experience that they have had and the journeys that they have walked? I think they've also got a lot more time, and that might sound funny, but a lot more time to be introspective in that there are more quiet moments. And therefore, you're in a place in your life where you do see things I think with greater perspective I totally agree I kind of like to think of it in the sense of like I know myself so the complexity of my mind the complexity of my emotions and the extent of my experiences and I'm 30 so I can imagine definitely someone who's older has just had more collection of that and if I am this complex creature everyone else is as well And I love to look at it like, if I know myself, then I know that other people have this great potential and that they've lived lives and they've had stories and they've had losses and they've experienced emotions. And that is just so incredible. So I think it's so important to know ourselves because we grow almost like a natural empathy towards other people. Because if I know myself, then I can understand you. Absolutely. And there's a sense of like empathy and just kindness towards people because you realize that everybody really is a walking story. Yeah. And a walking story that is bet your bottom dollar similar to yours. Maybe not similar in the sense of the exact experience, but similar in the way that those experiences made them feel. And almost like 
emotions is the common link between us all in the sense. Talking of which, one of my favorite places to go is an airport for this very reason. And I can see on your face, you like women, abort system. <laughs> I was just thinking like someone with like <laughs> some of the book being like. You should, they should put like a sticky note on their shirt before they get in the plane. Do not talk to me, person A. Yeah, that's a sign. If there's ever a sign, there's a sign. <laughs> but I love not knowing who I'm going to be on the flight with and the excitement around being placed next to a complete stranger for the possibility of having a really interesting conversation with somebody random that I'm never going to see again. I don't engage, I don't go onto the flight and like immediately engage in conversation. It will happen very naturally. <laughs> so for example, I was on a flight the other day and there were two people. I was in the middle seat, hashtag the worst for me. Oh, it's the worst. But I had two random strangers next to me. The one didn't engage in any conversation, closed his eyes, lived his best life. I respected that. Although he did smile at some of the conversation I was having with the person on the right. And we got talking after I offered him some of my chocolate, which he at first, by the way, said no thanks to. And then he was like, okay, actually, I'll have some. And then we got chatting about work and life and friends in your 30s. And he got speaking about his children and his dreams for them and what their future plans are in terms of moving as a family just all sorts of interesting engaging conversations which I'm sure that the whole flight could hear because also my ears were totally blocked on that flight but I walked off that flight feeling like I knew this person that was a complete stranger but I also felt super excited for his family and his family's life and what they were going to build for themselves and I think he could also relate on a lot of what I was sharing from a teacher's perspective and him sharing about his children so it was just such a cool experience and it reminded me of just how often on a day-to-day -day basis we have the opportunity to talk to people who we wouldn't ordinarily be able to speak to and what a causing effect or long-lasting effect that experience can have on one. Oh wow, that's amazing to be that vulnerable with a stranger. I mean you did give him chocolate, I mean but still true and who can deny that chocolate is life i'm just saying <laughs> also what we're trying to say is that through chocolate you can become really vulnerable <laughs> do with that information as you please <laughs> it's amazing like i think that that is like the point of a really deep honest conversation is the connection like and connection is a really special word for us she says that she reads the script and can see it in bold. <laughs> Connection, empower, and to grow. Empower, empowerment. Well, to empower and to be empowered. Yeah, I like that. Drum roll. Didn't, 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 drop mic. So our values, I mean, we wrote this down, what was it, almost two years ago now when we were like brainstorming, uh, trying to do this pod over voice notes and three hour long conversations. But the words that we wrote down were connect, empower, and grow. What really excites me about that is that something that lights both of us up and that we're really passionate about has now become really the foundation of Project Friend and that we get to experience that on Project Friend through our chats with different people all over the world. There is nothing more beautiful than like standing witness to someone else's life. And in the sense of we get to do that 
when we listen to other people's stories. We get to be the witness of their experiences, their stories, their emotions, their joy, their pain, everything. We get to be that for them. And and I, I don't mean you, we as in you and me. I mean we as in every human being who's ever had a deep and meaningful conversation with someone else. And that is just... I gave myself goosebumps. Same. I was just about to say. We've had a recording before where we, we were a hot mess. <laughs> remember relationships and it was like it it just took a turn and i feel like this pod has the possibility of taking that turn off completely turning us off into a mess but all in the name of excitement because i think when you come to realize that you get to live what you feel really passionate about there's something really exciting about that and i just i'm so excited that we get to be part of that sort of community where hashtag deep is actually like hashtag cool it's cool to yeah. hear other people's deep you know, and meaningful life stories. It is. So in all these encounters with strangers, have you ever had a moment or a time where a stranger has shared something with you in terms of like giving advice? I have. And it's a bit risque if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Where was this number one question of the day? I took a gap year when I was 19 and I worked as a waitress in this little Portuguese tavern restaurant thing. The best thing I ever did in my life because I had never been able to speak to people. It was like a real moment of like coming out of my shell. I had to walk to a table and be like, may I take your order, sir? It was terrifying. But there was a barman at that restaurant who was also a male gigolo. (laughs) Was he? I'm trying to recall this. Yeah. So he had like long dark hair that was like in a ponytail and he was quite muscular and that kind of like then that greasy look and I know I'm stereotyping people so every male gigolo listening to us because I know that they're all listening to us <laughs> sorry hashtag sorry <laughs> is that even an okay word to use in this day and age gigolo a male escort a male no so what did he say his best advice was it's your responsibility to know what you like it, it and it honestly <laughs> was the best advice I've ever been given <laughs> Nineteen year old self thanks Gigolo <laughs> headlines of tomorrow. <laughs> How do we even recover from this conversation? Where do we even go next? So what did you respond? Me was just saucer eyes, like deer in the headlights. And I think I lied and said, Yeah, I know. And he was like, oh, God don't know nothing. Also, on a side note, I recall coming in for two days for a trial run to see if I could also join you, and I was out of there after two days. It is no... Being a waiter? It is no joke. Uh Yes. I should probably clarify the waitressing waiter industry, not the other industry we've been talking about. (laughs) I have such a soft spot for waiters because... Me too. I have been a waiter, and it is one of the hardest i think it's really taxing on your soul in a sense i agree and i think waiters and waitresses in some way are the strangers in inverted commas that you should really be looking out for because i think although this is an assumption many times it is a student or it is a person that's working really hard to support their dreams and their passions yeah i totally agree what advice have you been given from a stranger this is definitely a tricky one because i have been given such great advice from so many different strangers but i think i'll go with the most recent advice that i was given which is by a granny so we're back at the elderly community and i was walking a granny to the library very stereotypical little story i'm telling you but she was lost and asked for my help and on the way she was asking me about 
my age, my life journey, my relationship status as grannies do, might have had a single grandson, moving on. On the way back from the library, I showed her back to her car and she just said to me, I just want to say with everything that you've told me, everybody is on their own life journey and your life journey doesn't need to look like anybody else's. And it was just a moment that meant a lot to me because I think if you are in your 30s and you are looking at what society has an expectation for you to be doing or what everybody else's journey looks like, it can be a lot of pressure. And it was just so reassuring to hear it from somebody who has had experience of life and who has journeyed through life. Wow, mic drop grandma. I know. Does she have a mic grandson? Tell me now. (laughs) (laughs) Drop mic in my DMs. (laughs) That's amazing. It was very sweet and I definitely aspire to be one of them grannies one day, handing out unsolicited advice to people who didn't ask but still really appreciate it. And then I have got one more really bizarre story to share. Okay, so I love myself a lovely little wallpaper on my phone. And it will change depending on the space I'm in normally. So in this specific week, I chose a wallpaper that read something about being still and finding calm in the chaos because of all the work demands and all the chaos that I was feeling during that time. And it was a really lovely, calming little picture and it stayed that way for a couple of weeks. And then I went to the post office after receiving a little note to say I need to pick up a parcel that had been delivered to the post office for me which I thought was bizarre because I hadn't ordered anything. So long story short, off I go to the post office, I collect this book, I get home, I open up the parcel and it says London Book Exchange. So I thought to myself, well, this is very strange because I don't have any connection with London, but I open it nonetheless and here's this book and it looks like something I wouldn't order. The cover is also quite dark, so I just opened to a random page in this book and there in the middle of this book is my quote that I have on my phone about keeping calm and finding still in the chaos. Anyway, then I take the parcel cover and I look again after tearing it open very frantically so and I realize that this book is not for me at all. So I start sellotaping it all closed and then I drove back to the post office and it turned out they gave me the wrong parcel. They then gave me the correct parcel which was a phonics book that was part of the phonics program I had signed up for. But how bizarre that I would receive the wrong parcel and then the wrong parcel I would open to a random page and on that random page I would open to the same wallpaper that I selected for myself a while back. Just bizarre and so weird. That is so weird. So do you have like any advice on advice giving? So I would definitely say it depends on the context but also how close you are with somebody. But I also think oftentimes people are sharing something with you, not in wanting advice, but wanting to hear themselves out loud. And oftentimes during that process of sharing that with you, they come to know what to do or what the next step is and it becomes much clearer for them. That's the joy of really sharing something with somebody. So I'm very careful to give advice and rather I would prefer to listen and to ask questions and for somebody to come to their own understanding of what they should do next unless they ask for advice that's a whole different story yeah i would definitely agree i mean like don't not approach people and say things for the fear of like not wanting to give advice but i think read the room very well if you do want to give advice and then if you're unsure it can literally just be a question just be like thank you for telling me this do you want to know how i would approach it or do you want to know my advice 
because then you're actually living it in someone else's court. That's great advice. Thanks. I agree. <laughs> Look at you and me giving, not giving advice. Yeah, giving, not giving advice. Um, this podcast is us giving you advice on not giving advice. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that advice can simply be active listening. In saying that, there have been times where I have been given advice where I am so grateful, like we've spoken about today, for the advice I received. So it really is about reading the room. And help can be something practical, like I need you to help me do something because someone might be telling you something in the like hope that you're going to offer. Does that make sense? Definitely. I once read something that said, don't disempower somebody by offering advice, rather empower them by asking questions. Ah, hashtag mic drop. That's amazing. I love how many mic drops we've had in this episode. My next question is, have you ever had a conversation with a stranger that's had a lasting impression or effect on you? Yes. So I obviously worked in the superyard industry and we had this incident that just, (laughs) I think about it now in retrospect and laugh. In the moment, it was hectic. I'm nervous. I hear super yacht these days and I'm like, what are you about to spill exactly? Spill the beans. <laughs> yeah, I get like an eye twitch, like, oh gosh. So the boat was very far away from the town that we went. I wanted to go to, to go grocery shopping. So we got up really early in the morning. It was five o'clock and we, Chris and I were going to go drive to the town. I mean, it was so far that you couldn't see it from our boat. And so we drove there. We did our grocery shopping. I bought my croissants and my like lovely little apricots and all my fruit. And on the way back, the boat dies. And we're like, ah, what's going on? So we, um, I say we, like I had, I was instrumental in this. Can I just say that you know that yacht life was tough when somebody reacts with, oh, what's happened? Our boat stopped. (laughs) So casual. This is just another day in our life. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, what's happened? So Chris like lifted up the bench and looked at the fuel canister and the fuel canister was broken, but the fuel gauge said it was full. So we had no fuel and we were going nowhere. Now we're, we're so far away that we can't even see our boat. We can't row there. So we find these like... Oh, perfect opportunity for row, row, row your boat. Anyway, yes, <laughs> not today. <laughs> exactly. We find these two little oars and it wasn't even an oar. It was like a pole, but the one end of the pole was flat. So there wasn't like a massive oar with like great traction. It was like trying to row with a stick. And, I, and now it starts raining and the wind is blowing us off the, the shore. So we just, we're going to paddle straight to shore and make a plan. But Croatia, where we were, is very rural. So if you got stuck in France, there's always houses along the beach. But where we were, there was nothing. It was bush, like rocks and mountains and bush. So earlier, a little boat had passed us and gone further than us and then around this little cove that we couldn't see. So we were going to just paddle to the shore and then run to the cove. So I'm st- I started crying. Now we're in the, it's raining and it's rowing. He stood on my croissants. He stood on my apricots and he squashed them. I haven't gotten over it to this day. And I know it's unimportant in the story, but I was hashtag pissed no it's so important (laughs) so like I was crying rowing and every time I started crying I stopped rowing so we just kept going back 
And he, Chris just kept his patience. Like I would have kicked myself into the water if that was me dealing with someone who was me. And I just cried and hardly rode. And eventually we got to the shore and the, there was quite a lot of waves at that point because we were kind of, it was raining and storming. So the boat was like rubbing up against the rocks, scratching the bottom. And Chris was trying to pull it on. Him and I had a fight and I was like, that's it. I've had it. I'm done with you because you're irritating me and you stepped on my croissants. Can you tell <laughs> so she wanted her croissants? <laughs> hungry woman, wow, hungry, hungry woman paddling in the rain. Anyway, so I just ran the direction that we had seen the little boat go before. So I run around this cove, like through the bush, and I come across a like caravan park just mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. There's no town. It's just a caravan park, like beautiful like on this tiny little bay there's like people without their shirts on there's like dogs running around there's like fires there's like naked kids swimming so I just run in crying my eyes out and they're all stop and look at me like where did this woman appear from sorry this sounds like a horror movie honestly it does I've got this picture in my head of until you said beautiful I had this picture of like this caravan park you crying tears croissant squashed like, no, it was the most beautiful scenery. Anyway, so they're like, no one could understand what I was saying. So they called like some guy to come down. He's the only one who could speak English. And I'm like, we ran out of fuel and we're stranded. And I like hysterics, absolute hysterics. And they're like, where's the boat? And I'm like, I just left him over there around the corner. And then they were like, don't worry, we've got this. The guy got into this tiny little boat and putted around the corner to find Chris. They sat me down and they put a hot cup of coffee in my hand and a bar of chocolate this big. They told me the coffee was for courage. The bar of chocolate was for my tears. And I just sat there like, okay. I just ate like my chocolate. And they just went about their day. Like granny was cooking, shouting at the old grandpa who was ignoring her. The kids were screaming. The mom was chasing the kid. The kid was chasing the dog. The dog was chasing the chicken. And I just sat in this like storm of people this like storm of life and they just were like oh okay don't worry you're fine and then they're like put your feet in the ocean it will calm you down so the the man went and picked up Chris so they took him all the way to town bought him all the fuel we needed took him back to the boat filled it up and then Chris came and fetched me and the whole thing took about three hours and I just sat in this little town well this little caravan park with these people with my feet in the sea and they just gave me a second bar of chocolate. I don't think I've ever eaten so much chocolate in my life. And everyone just came and patted me and did the thumbs up and then said things to me in creation and then left. And it was wow. honestly the most incredible experience. Wow, that is one of the most chaotic and tense stories. Yet strangers who had absolutely nothing to gain from it went out of their way to help you guys, which is absolutely incredible. In saying that, though, I think we underestimate just how fulfilling it can be to help others. So I have got two stories. The one is short and simple, but it relates a little to yours, which is when I was younger, early 20s and high school, I sometimes took the bus from Cape Town home. And it was mostly quite stressful because either the bus was really packed or the bus was late or I missed the bus once. So the the Uber and I chased the bus and then had to meet them in another town. But the breaking down of a bus is like a common occurrence and it's happened often and for long stretches of time. And I think I've never found being on a bus very pleasant. And I think people can probably sense that. And I have had the most wonderful bus angels 
who have covered me with a blanket, asked me if I'm okay, bought me a meal. I've had a mom that sat next to me once and she got off the bus to go and get herself food and a cool drink and she got me food and a cool drink as well. She let me watch a movie she was watching um, with her iPad. I have had a mom get off the bus to make sure that I am going home with the right person at the bus stop. So I've had some real bus angels that I'm so grateful for. My next story is also a mom-related story, so go moms. I was out shopping looking for things for my house and there was a mom who walked up to me and asked me about what I was shopping for and she just made a comment of, oh, isn't it so expensive to try and make your home look pretty? And I was like, yeah, it is. But there's also a really exciting part of it, which is putting things together and figuring out what works, what doesn't. And we just had like a girl-to-girl chat and off she went. And then later she walked past me and she kind of smiled and she brushed against me, but I could feel like what felt like she had either tugged on my handbag. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. So I looked down and I noticed that she had put this huge stash of money in my handbag. And my first reaction was to go and find her to return it. I just couldn't accept it. I was in a lot of shock though. I My face, if somebody had recorded that, you would have seen like Casper in person. Anyway, so I eventually found her and she tried to get away before I could find her. And she said, no, I don't want to get anything. I want you to go and spoil yourself. And I said, I can't accept this. And she said to me, I've got three sons, would have loved to have a daughter, don't have the privilege of having a daughter. And I'm hoping to have a a daughter-in-law at some point in my life. But for now, I would like to spoil you with this money to go and spoil yourself and to make your home look pretty. Go and buy those flowers, buy that frame, buy things that make it feel like home to you. And then she left. So the joke of the story is, though, that after this, I told my parents the story and my dad, who's got a great sense of humor, was like, what were you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) So his first reaction was like, did it look like you needed the money? (laughs) But on a more serious note, something that I took from this is never to underestimate the power of what a kind gesture can do for somebody else. That's such good advice. So do you have any final thoughts for this week? Yes, I do, and I'm going to keep it super short and sweet this week by saying one word, and that is listen. Listen attentively, listen with attention, listen to what you hear when you just listen. I agree, it's a privilege to stand witness to someone else's stories. Abso-freaking-lutely. And when you see it with the perspective of it being a privilege, I think it changes your whole experience of listening to others. So friends, that brings us to the end of today's episode and we have a project friend question and a challenge for you. Our question is really introspective and reflective. We want you to think about your conversations with other people and your interactions with other people and how you make other people feel after an interaction with you. So our challenge for the week would be, uh, this week we challenge you to set aside a moment in your day to have a conversation with someone with the intention of getting to know them better. So friends, thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week and interact with our social media posts so we can get to know you better. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button, friends. And if you have any interesting stories to share about today's topic, 
please share your story with us on one of our social media platforms. Absolutely. Can I get absolutely everybody? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We're like Oprah with our absolutely's. Oh, crikey. Our friend, have a wonderful week and I will chat to you probably in 10 minutes, to be honest. This is why we started the pod, because we just couldn't stop talking to each other. And I love the fact that even after all of these podcasts and years of friendship, we still are learning about each other. And that we've still got so much to learn. Bye, friend. Bye. Have a good evening. Lots of love. Lots of love. Bye.